Good stuff. Fun, fun. All right. That was off, off track. No, it's your turn. The, uh, we're in a series uh, I've called Now and Forever. We started it a few weeks ago. And we're talking about the amazing life that we have in Christ, now and forever life, full and abundant now and forever life. And we started with John 10, 10, and how Jesus said that's what he came to give us. And we also looked at the fact that we have an enemy who's trying to steal that from us. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, so that even though we've come to know Jesus and, and we'll spend eternity with him, the enemy is still trying to keep us from experiencing the now part of that life. So we need to be aware of that and what it looks like and things that we need to do on this journey. And so we've started to discuss those things. And as part of that discussion, we talked about that, you know, God created us to love us and that he's very interested in us and what we do. And that um, our response to that is to, to love him back. And we, we sort of introduced the idea of worship last week. And, and I said, really, our worship is us loving God, all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we're going to continue to dig into that part of it as we, as we press in together. We talked about loving God with all our heart last week. This week, we're going to talk about loving God with all of our soul. So that's where we're headed. And uh, hang on a minute, my timer went off, and that won't be good for you. Uh, so that's the intro. Transition. Always a bad joke or two. Somebody actually uh, text messaged me this joke, and uh, let me see what you think. Just so you get a taste of some of the things I have to deal with during the week. What do you get when you cross a pig and a centipede? Bacon and legs. wrong. So I asked Alexa, I haven't done that for a while, you know, that's a little echo dot thing for me. But Alexa, tell me a joke. Alexa went, what do you get when you cross a joke with a rhetorical question? That's all she had to say. I said, really? That's not bad, I guess. You got anything else? She said this. What do you get when, uh, oh, what did the cat with the smartphone say? Can you hear me meow? That's the one you'll remember. <sighs> Scripture reading. You're on purpose. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So a, a couple of weeks ago, in, in the midst of this series, I did talk for a moment about uh, the idea of training and exercise and discipline. And I said those aren't always terms that we like, but that uh, developing some spiritual disciplines, I, I think I ended up with the word habit, in our life is really important because after all as followers of Christ we are disciples and there's that word right in there that that we're disciplined but some people like that's that's not you know oh that's that they're not sure how that sounds but at the end of our message last week one of the things that I talked about to you I said listen here's what I'd like you to do this week I'd like you to take some time every morning and before you even get going just pray a little prayer to God that says you know God I want to I want to know you a little bit better today and I, I want to love you a little bit more remember me asking that last week? So, and, and so here's what happens. A lot of times we just get busy or we forget or we don't press in. But um, I want to encourage you to do that and continue to do that every day, that you start your day with that little prayer. And at the end of the day, you evaluate sort of how you did. 
And that would be a really good spiritual habit for you to develop. And that's not taking a long time, right? That's pretty simple, God. I want to know you more and love you better. And at the end of the day, just take another moment. How'd I do with that today? And reflect on that. If you did that, that was a good day. And if you didn't, well, you know, we could do better tomorrow. There's a verse behind that, that little thought. It's Hosea 6.6. 6. And God says this, I want your constant love, not your animal sacrifices. I'd rather have my people know me than burn offerings to me. And so there's the idea of loving him uh, a little more and knowing him a little better. Those two things are in there. And, and why this isn't important, why this is such an important habit, is really, that's, that's got to be the priority of our lives. And if we get that part going, knowing Him better and loving Him more, we've really accomplished the most important thing. It's at, it's at the foundation of our worship and response to Him. God wants you to know Him and to love Him because you were made by Him to be known and to be loved by God. And so that's a simple discipline and habit, but it's one I, I want to encourage you to embrace. And it's really that simple. Just remember in the morning, first thing, God, I want to know you better, know you more, love you better. At the end of the day, checking out to see how you've done it. And so, you know, because what that verse tells us in this process, he's not really looking for our duty. What he wants is our desire. He, he doesn't, it's not about our, our, our rule following and regulation. It's, it's about developing and maintaining relationship with him. And he's extremely passionate about it. And, and he wants you to love him as much as he loves you because that's why he made you and created you. So this, the verses that we're looking at right now, the passage, love God, heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's about loving God all in. This is how he tells us we're, we're to love him, what it looks like. And, and so we, we talked about loving God with all our heart last week. This week, I'm going to talk about loving God with all our soul. So let's start just by trying to define the soul. Soul's a word you will hear a lot, It'll, something you'll see a lot when you read the Bible. What is the soul? Point number one in your notes. And the soul is the part of you that's not physical. It's the part of you that will live eternally even after your physical body experiences death. One of the, the ways I really like to think about the soul uh, is from something that C.S. Lewis wrote. It's his quote. He said this, You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. And I like that because that really puts it into the perspective that we need to know it. Because sometimes we think, oh yeah, well, we have a soul. But the reality is you are a soul and you have a body. So our soul then is the real us. It's what makes us us. It's who we really are, uh, you know, at the core of our being uh, beneath all of the surface stuff. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26, what good for, will it be for a person if they gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or, or what can someone give in exchange for their soul. So, so the soul is the real us. Well, with that in mind then, secondly, how do, we, how do we love God with all our soul, which is what he's encouraging us to do. It's this idea of loving him from the core of who we really are. The last week I said we're to love him with our whole heart, and I said our heart's sort of the control panel of our lives. Um, but, but God wants us to include with that this love that comes from our inner being. Not some sort of fake, external, pious kind of love, but a, but a love that, that comes from deep within who we are. So how, how do we do that? Little letter A. Um, we're to love Him with a real love. And what does that mean? Sometimes we will settle for doing things outwardly. Uh, but, but God 
wants his love to come from deep inside, from the core of who we really are. And, and see, God is never satisfied with just things that are external or something that can be faked or something that can be put on or something that can be worked up or some sort of you know, mask that we, that we put on in his presence. He's not interested in our performance. What he wants is he wants us all in, heart and soul. I said to the, the last uh, couple of groups, I said, it's like this. Like, so let's say that um, I, I bought some flowers and gave them to my lovely bride, Alice, who's sitting over there. And I said, Listen, here's some uh, flowers that I got for you. It seemed like probably the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you like them. And, and somehow, you know, selfishly, that's going to work out for me. And uh, so here you go. You know, she, she might still like the flowers because they're flowers. But she's not going to like the way that they were given, right? Because it, it just came from sort of external duty blah, kind of thing. And that's, that's not the heart of it. And, and that's not what God's looking for in us either. So every time I, I tell this story, then I, had to, I, I remember this other story where there's this marriage conference going on. These couples are there, and a the guy's up speaking and talking about how to have better marriages. And he, he says to all the guys in the room, he says, guys, you really should know what your wife's favorite flower is. And one guy sort of elbows his wife in the audience. He goes, it's Pillsbury, isn't it, honey? <laughs> he was very lonely that night. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So, so it's this real love, and we'll settle for these external things, but it, he wants more. And I, I, there's a conversation that Jesus has with Peter. I love this conversation because what, what Jesus is doing is he's, he's going after uh, Peter so that Peter looks deep within him so that Peter can settle in the love that he has for God. Now, the reason that that has to happen is uh, this conversation takes place after the crucifixion and resurrection. And if you remember, in the process of the crucifixion, Peter denies Jesus three times. After he says, I'll never deny, never going to happen, I'm here. And like all of us, he falls way short of that. Jesus defeats death, rises again. So Peter is left knowing that he's failed Jesus huge. And and you got to know that it's it's impacting him and so Jesus really seeks him out and has this conversation with him after the resurrection. And it happens in John 21, 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lamb. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, Jesus is using this question of do you love me to make Peter take a look at, at the inside of his soul so that he'll settle in his love for Jesus. Jesus knows that Peter loves him and, and that he just fell short like all of us did. But, but he's, he's making, uh, helping Peter to settle in it for himself that he really does love the Lord in spite of his failures. And, and the, the powerful part of that is Peter had denied him three times and Jesus asked him three times to erase each one of the denials because he wants Peter to love him all in with a real love just like he wants all of us. So we love him with a real love. B, we're to love him with our personality. Our personality. Our entire inner life. 
Everything that we feel and think and believe and want and choose and pursue. See, the soul is, is where we experience life. It's our joys and our sorrows, our peace, our, our anxieties. They're all part of what make up our inner life. Uh, all of the good and the bad and the ugly uh, that's in us. And God wants us to love Him with all of it, with our personality. So as I was preparing for this, I, I did a little, you know, research on personality types. And let me say, you know, personality types and personality disorders, two different things, totally. But personality types, and there's a lot of different personality types, but sort of the theory that's out there now, there's basically four that, uh, that people have. Um, sanguine, which is a very enthusiastic personality. Choleric which is kind of short-tempered or irritable. I know that that doesn't apply to any of us, but I thought I'd throw it in there anyway. Melancholic, which is analytical, you know, and quiet. Phlegmatic, which is relaxed and peaceful. Uh, and so those are sort of the main types that they think people fall into. You know, I would say to you that um, depending on things that are happening in our lives, we're all sort of a blend of all those things. We can be parts of them at different times. I know, you know, I think there's absolutely a fifth personality type, and I would call that quirky. It's a quirky thing that some people have. Um, and you, well, how do you know if you're quirky or not? Well, you're fortunate right now because you're in the South. And if you want to know if you have a quirky personality, you just need to hang around with some Southern women. And if you hear in coming in your direction repeatedly, we'll bless your heart. <laughs> you're quirky. Because that's Southern woman nice slang for, Wow. You know, how nice. She's always blessing my heart. Yeah, that's not what's going on there. <laughs> I had a very southern woman come up to me last night after that. She, that's not always what it means. I said, yeah, I know. It has some other meanings, but that's why it's so devious. <laughs> well, bless your heart. If you hear, bless your heart, darling, you really got it back. <laughs> All right, so... Regardless of your personality type, you're to love God with it. Enthusiastic, irritable, analytical, peaceful, quirky, some kind of blend. We're to love God with all of it, all of our soul. Now, if you've been here for any length of time, you, you've heard me say that I'm a big fan of the book of Psalms. Wrote a devotional about Psalms, encouraged people to read the Psalms, 150 Psalms. I think you should be reading through them every month. You know, just sort of build into that. And because there's just so much in the Psalms. But the reason that I'm... I'm such a fan is that the Psalms are a book of the soul. So the, sometimes people don't get it because they'll read a Psalm and they're, they're like so shocked at the rawness of what the writers are putting in there. They're like, how did this even make it in the Bible? Because these guys, some they're, they're writing, you know, sometimes they're really angry or they're really depressed. They're questioning if God is there or if He cares or if He's, you know, uh, sort of involved at all. And at the same time, some of the Psalms are filled with joy and they're filled with delight and they're filled with gladness and then they're filled with fear and they're filled with worry and they're filled with anxiety and they're filled with frustration and you go well this is just a big jumble of all these different things that are going on and I say yes because that's exactly what we really are and they're, they're just relating to God in a, in a very real way with what they're experiencing that's happening in their inner lives. They're not pretending, they're not putting masks on it, they're not trying to go get it right all the time. They're just coming to God with what's happening. Let me read you a, a psalm of, of, of when the psalmist is in a good spot. Listen to all the... These are both psalms of the soul. Psalm 63, 1 through 8. Oh God, 
You are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My, my soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you and I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. That, that's the... The soul crying out to God passionately uh, and, 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 you know, in a thankful way, being connected to who God is. It's, it's real. It's passionate. It's what's going on. It's an expression of the soul. So, so we're to love God with, with, with you know, our, our inner life, things that we're experiencing. See, we're also supposed to love Him with our emotion. So loving God with all our soul, it's a real love that springs from our personality and includes our emotion. God does not avoid emotion, even though we often try to avoid emotion in our own lives. But emotion's useful be, because it has a way of moving us back towards God. That's what happens in the Psalms. The writers are angry sometimes and scared and frustrated, and ultimately that draws them back to God. They're, they're joyful, happy, and celebratory, and that's drawing them back to God. Every emotion that we experience in life can be a God thing. And so God doesn't want you to love Him only when things are going well. He wants you to love Him even when life stinks. I, I was thinking back um, as I was sort of praying about this sermon about, you know, the, the events over the last three or four months and thinking about emotion in particular and uh, just how right after the storm, how raw everything was. And, and Alice and I would be here and, and people were coming in and, and they would sort of be in this facility and see us and uh, oftentimes the, just the, the flood of emotion would pour out about everything that they'd been going through and everything that had happened. And they... It would just come pouring out of them. And I, I remember myself we, uh, being here. And, you know, there's so much going on. And uh, some pastors from different churches, people that I'd often never met, had come. And they would come to visit. Can we talk to you for a minute? And I'd say, sure. And I'd sit down with them for a minute and, and begin to talk. And, and just in describing the things that were happening, I would, I, you know, I, the, the emotion would rise up to the surface and kind of pop out. And I, 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 I would actually find myself saying, oh, look, I'm sorry. That doesn't normally happen. Uh, like I had to excuse it, but it was just so real and honest. It would just pop, you know, sort of pop out. I'd let me pull it back together and we'll be okay. But, but even in the midst of that, see, the, the, the good thing was it was such a reminder that God was with us and for us and that he had us, even in the midst of the mess. And, and so th this, this loving God with a total love, it's, it involves our entire being. Let me read you another psalm of the soul, and it has a little different spin. This, the, this point in time, the writer's going through some other stuff. Psalm 42. 1 through 11. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with a multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you down? Oh, my soul, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. 
Therefore I remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of the Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep, and the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. See, there again you see the, the depth of the expression of the soul towards God. And, and that's how God wants us to relate to him. I know that some are just not very, very you know, naturally expressive, but, but I want to encourage you where you can to move past that and, and just in your private time with God, express what you're going through with him because he created us for that kind of relationship. So today I want to encourage you again. This thing I asked you to do last week, and, and I want you to understand that it's a habit that I want you to get into. So you got to make a habit. you just got to kind of do it every day for a little while. Start your morning before you get anything else going. If you can, before you get up and get going out of bed. Just really simple, God, today. I want to know you a little more, love you a little better. God, that's my heart. That's what I'm up to today. And let that be something that you build on every day. Start that way. At the end of the day, another moment, just think about how would you do. Because that's where we really find life. That's what we were created for. I'm going to end it there. We'll talk next week about uh, loving God with all of our minds.